more, okay. but right. it's, it's time. I, be, I bet you have more to tell me than I do about the catfish brunch. <laughs> well, at least we got the name. Yeah. Uh, and we've got another name for you, folks, because it's Welcome Back to... <laughs> Maybe another episode, another episode of, of maybe, maybe next time. time. I'm your host, William Boy, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation. Uh, you can try to I ran away, but you can't hide. <laughs> oh, a fun little nod to imminent war. <laughs> Uh, which, of course, this being a Nets podcast, we will right. delve deeply into <laughs> yeah. at some point oh, yeah. later in the episode. But for now, we are back as we are each and every unrelenting <laughs> week to bring you all things Nets Nation. Yeah. Simon. Hit me. The Nets are now under 500. Oh, yeah. Uh, the Nets have dropped to 16 and 17, likely to be 16 and 18 after tonight's almost certain route by the uh, Toronto Raptors. We are now a single game up on a surging magic, a magic who just they had... surging? They beat... Recently, they beat the 76ers, who I know we beat, so you can you can cross that one off, but also took down the Heat, the heat in I a pretty that. convincing manner. Mm-hmm. Um, to me, most distressingly of all, we now... Uh, have the ninth best point differential in the East behind not only the Magic, who are the seventh, but also we're we're tied. It's like a very fractional difference between us and the Bulls, but mm. we're but we're basically tied for eight nine spot with with the Bulls, uh, who are also. Um, seemingly turning their season around a little bit. So while those two teams seem to be figuring things out, I think it's safe to say the Nets have not been figuring things out. Yes. Um, I have been away for the last week, so have been I haven't been able to actually watch any of these games, uh-huh. so I'm going to be relying pretty heavily on you for. Okay, uh, the, I've been watching. A late, a I can't late, watch it. The latest analysis watch it of, the my Nets, bed. of the latest Nets woes. Sounds good. But Bill, are you aware of the uh, the transactions as well since you've been gone? Since you've the been high gone. profile. Um, uh, did Addition subtractions to teams in the NBA. No, to the Nets. To the Nets. Yes, Henry Allenson gone. Yes, David Nwaba gone. Correct. Justin. Yeah, whatever Anderson. his name is. Yeah, Justin Anderson. Justin that Anderson. Right. A ten-day contract. Uh, all right, you're up on it. Dude. Is that is that all? Uh, and we're adding some point guard who from the G League. Uh, probably is a two-way. Okay. Uh, forget his name. I I can pull it up, but his his G League numbers are not very good. Uh, uh defensive minded, right? I have no idea. Okay. I I don't. I that is where I um I have to say that is where my the level of Nets fanaticism where where it hits the uh, the wall the wall because I I can't really care. Let me tell you. Um, 
This is Simon reading a, a New York Post article yes. in real time for you. Justin Anderson. Yes, from yeah. from, from, from UV, right? Uh, yes. With and, Joe Harris. And from Raptors 905. <laughs> okay. Uh, he uh, was an averaging... almost undoubtedly better um, G League team than the Long Island Nets. Yeah, yeah. 21, averaging 21.2 points and 6.8 rebounds. He's like a 6'6 swing man. Okay. Uh, and then Chris... Chioza from the Wizards G League affiliate, the Capital City Goo Goo. Um, and Chioza is shooting just 32.8% from deep and stands just 5 foot 8. Uh, five, sorry, 5 foot 11. 5 foot 11. But not huh. very tall still. Not the mold of the long guards the Nets prefer. Um, so he's probably our I, new two-way. Right. I wouldn't say that the Nets prefer. I would say that every single team in the NBA prefers. <laughs> Someone who's not 5'11". Yeah, it's, not, it's, not, it's not a popular height for <laughs> incoming NBA players, They're not sneaking under the other players. It's, <laughs> it's never really viewed as a, as a positive. Right. The same way you could be like, oh, he's, like, tall and, and lanky, but... You know, that's better than short and fat or right. something. It's like, just like, you're short, that's bad. Right. There are, you know, maybe five historical talents who have been able to transcend the 5'11 <laughs> height tag. But um, I guess you're not looking for a transcendent talent in a two-way contract. No. Maybe he's Isaiah Thomas. Yeah, or maybe he um, is a client of the same... <laughs> Age Rock Nation. Yeah. Uh, who that's where we got the old Henry Ellenson um, contract from. So maybe he's another one of those guys. Yeah, let's hope he's a little faster than Henry. Henry, uh, now, Nawab, I think we can both, ge- we both genuinely liked. I think yes. Net, he, he, he stormed Nets Nation uh, and, and uh, stole all our hearts. Yes. Um, Henry Ellenson. Did the opposite. Yes. Uh, he came in with a whimper and <laughs> left with whatever is sub-whimper. Right. Um, that said, uh, best of luck out there mm-hmm. uh, wherever wherever you end up. Yep. Um, all right. Shall we get into it, Simon? Yes. All right. We're going to first stop is Kyrie Corner. Okay. All right. And this is... The hottest news in Kyrie Nation because in Kyrie Corner, um, because the Nets have taken a hard line, reveal literally nothing about Kyrie yeah. Irving. Yeah, speculation has begun to run rampant. Yes, from the Alex Shafter Athletic article, quote: While he's been out. Reports have swirled that Irving's injury is more serious than just his shoulder. And reporter Rick Buecher recently said in an appearance on WFAN that Irving's absence could be related to his mental health. Mm-hmm. So Buecher said that. A few other people have begun reporting that it, they've heard this. Kevin O'Connor intimated as much in a mismatch uh, podcast um, that... It seems like this isn't a physical thing and that the Nets need to <laughs> perhaps say what's going on, be a little more candid about what's going on. Or how distressed are you by these rumors, or do you think that they're nothing but scurious Rick Buecher uh, <laughs> libel, slander, right. and nonsense? So I think that there's plenty to be worried about with Kyrie 
and I do think that it is a true testament to the to the uh, his horrible reputation that you can basically say anything about him and there's like at least some plausible like it's like well you know right. he does think the earth is flat so it's very possible his mind has gone to a place where he can't shoot the basketball anymore um, so it, it, it is unfortunate that like anything that is totally unsourced mm-hmm. and unfounded, you're like, well, maybe. Right. Um, and that's where I'm at. I would say, well, maybe, but I would also say that Rick Buecher is basically the Alex Jones of NBA punditry. He <laughs> is completely like he will traffic in the most salacious and the le- most thinly sourced. Yeah. That said, he, he does have some credibility. I, I, not with me, Bill. No, I, I, I know. know. You, you're a longtime Buker Bucker. Um, yeah. But he he is actually the most frequent guest. He's been on the uh, Howard Beck show more than any mm-hmm. other guest. They do work at the same company. Mm-hmm. Um, Bleacher Report. Which is a barely reputable Which company. Which is but... a, a, yes, <laughs> yes, certainly. Um, but he's mentioned by other, you know, serious NBA reporters. Um, Are I, they launder his filth? <laughs> right, right, right. But I think, I think your point is, is a good one. Um, very little could be said about Kyrie right now that that um, is negative, that people, that at least a pretty large contingency of people wouldn't be like, yeah, that, that sounds about right. Right. Why not? Um, do you think the Nets are shooting themselves in the foot by being this closed off? Yes, I do, Bill. I think this is exactly, you, you open up yourself to, to the Bukers of the world uh, and the sports pundits um, when you completely shut off any and all information, people's minds love to wander. Mm-hmm. They love to, they. If you do not give them information, they will find it somewhere right. in the Bukers or or the sports pundit world or the again as we've talked about like the stories that are like. You know, this doctor who has seen a shoulder injury before says Kyrie should be out six weeks. Like, okay, maybe. Like, that's something to look at. Um, as opposed to, you know, the Nets who are, who are to, and, and, and this is starting to permeate even the most loyal of the fan, like the Nets dailies of the world are starting to show some, some frustration with how, how, uh, closed off the Nets have been. What do you think? Well, I, I'm, uh... I would be curious to know what other, what is the standard practice in most organizations, because I think that we all feel that the Nets are um, more withholding of mm-hmm. this type of information than other organizations. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, how true that is, is it, or is this something that he got from, like, the Spurs when he was there? Um uh, you know, obviously it's frustrating. Obviously, uh, reporters are venting that frustration. Like Puccio did that thing recently where he says, they, you know, the video thing where he wanted them to talk about it. Um, as you said, that's daily. So these are people who are, who are, you know, reporters in name only. They're really like lackeys of yeah. Uh, not lackeys, but you know, they're they're very Nets friendly. They're yes. fans yes. first. Absolutely. Um like us. Uh but 
there you know everyone's everyone's frustrated everyone needs to know it's completely preposterous that a guy that we're paying um well over 30 million dollars a year to play on this team and we can't get any information whatsoever uh about what's happening with him and, and he hasn't spoken to the media it's in, been a total in like two months since that happened yeah right so yeah, it's it's extremely disconcerting. It's extremely on brand for Kyrie. It is confirming all of the things that people skeptical of the acquisition of Kyrie um, were like Bill Simmons uh, would you know were thinking might happen um, and saying would happen that you know he is a, a at, at best mercurial creature that will uh, break your heart and drive you crazy. And he is um, in really short order uh, accomplishing <laughs> that. Yeah. But I, I will say, Bill, in, in one respect, the Nets' recent, uh, uh, you know, falling off a cliff has should quiet some of the like, well, you know, the Nets are better than, than they would be without Kyrie. Well, now they're only like two games better with, with Kyrie than they were. Oh, they're better than that. Um, they were four and seven. Seven, and now they're sixteen and seventeen. So that's that's two two more. Well, they they're. I thought they were. Uh, they're twelve and. Uh, so if they were four, fifteen, and, right? Four and seven before. Oh, twelve and ten. So they're twelve and ten. So they still have a winning record without him. Yes, by two games. Yes, yeah. yes. But twelve and ten is not. No, no, it's not. It's not that they. You know, I mean, one, Before, they still are better. Two, um, they're not. They're not worse, right? And that's sort of the main thing. Yeah, we'll see. I, I just, I mean, this is as you said the beginning. I, 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 I just continue to find it, um, pretty, pretty laughable that like. That we could be worse with with Kyrie, and and if so, again, then like we have a terrible team uh, that will never amount to anything. Uh, okay, well, these are the sorts of um, places that getting superstar Kyrie Irving can drive uh, <laughs> super fans to, um, which takes us to Choo Choo Stat Station. Okay, next stop. Uh, this is just a quick one. It's one I heard from the brief tirade Steve Lichtenstein posted uh-huh. uh, um, that you you pointed out to me where he screams three times for emphasis that Garrett Temple is a reserve. <laughs> a backup. A backup. He's a backup. Right, 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 right. Great, um, great podcast, Steve. If, yes. if you're listening, as I know you are. <laughs> Uh, yeah, he is pretty down in the dumps, as I think most Nets fans currently are. Yeah. Um, but he pointed out it, that we have currently the league's third worst three-point percentage. It's at 33%, just over 33%, paired with uh, taking the sixth most threes of mm-hmm. any team in the league. So we are slaves to the analytics math that says you got to shoot layups, threes, or free throws. 
Um, the problem, Simon, appears to be offensively for us. We cannot shoot a three ball. <laughs> <laughs> right. um, not a good sign when a number of your key players are three-point specialists in theory. I'm thinking here of Joe Harris and Torian Prince. Um, and Garrett Temple to it. And Garrett Temple to, an to, to very much to an extent. Um, yeah, what what what's happening with this uh, ever ever worsening offense of uh, the Brooklyn Nets? So I I'll give you the pessimistic and an optimistic look. Good, good, because we as we <laughs> did last time, we resolved or made resolutions to be a bit more positive. Right. Year. So I'll give you the positive first. The positive to me take is. <clears throat> With the addition of Karis LeVert and hopefully someday, some long day away, right. with Kyrie Irving, um, and then eventually Kevin Durant, maybe some some you know next year, it, you'll get these players who really suck in the defense. And Spencer does that to a degree, but Spencer is not. Is no Kyrie, certainly. Maybe people think he's he's better than Karis LeVert. Um, I would say his three-point percentage uh, is making Karis's terrible three-point percentage look pretty good right now, which is mm-hmm. a terrible Spencer sign. Spencer has always been a, at best, streaky shooter. He is not a good shooter. Yeah, he's, shooter. he's at 30% <laughs> right. um, from, from three right now. So I, I just think that you need, you need um, playmakers to suck – to suck in the defense, and I don't think we're really getting that right now because there's we have exactly one playmaker mm-hmm. on on the team right now, exactly one. Yeah, uh, and he can't play 48 minutes, and the minutes he is playing are clearly wearing on him. And also, like there is a bit of regression to the mean. I do think Spencer's gotten better this year, but like the guy is not Michael Jordan. No. Uh, he is gonna have. Not good shooting nights. He's had many of them recently, and he's just not gearing. If a, if a team can gear their defense to a Spencer, you, your offense is going to be terrible. Like, if that's the number one threat that mm-hmm. they have to just like, well, we'll just trap him. Like, yikes. Right, right. Because <laughs> it, he basically has two modes. It's either drive to the basket or chuck up a three. Yeah. Yeah, and so so for the pessimistic version, Bill. Um, sorry, I'll just this was longer than I thought, but th- th- this will be quick. The pessimistic one will be quick. The other way to look at it is, it's may- maybe it's not just sucking in in the defense. Maybe it's the fact that Joe Harris is good at three point shooting, but he's not. He just, he's kind of like a Ben. Um, ben Simmons in that he doesn't take many shots. Mm-hmm. Um, and so even if he's hitting threes at a good percentage, which he is overall, he's just not taking enough. Um, and it's because people are running him off the line or it's because they're not finding him or whatever it is. But, like, he's not going to be your savior. And the other, quote-unquote, three-point specialists uh, suck big time. Uh, <laughs> like, they've sucked miserably. So, you know, is that going to get better? Hopefully, but... You know, it could be that they are just not good at shooting this year. Yeah. Um, but, you know, does that become a problem when you're not good at shooting, but the math says you should shoot a lot of threes, and so you just <laughs> shoot a lot of threes in spite of not making them? Right. Like, is is it a problem that they're not mm. more flexible, that they're not capable of adjusting their strategy, that <clears throat> while 
twos are obviously less efficient. Maybe we could find someone who could at least make them. Like, for instance, Jared Allen has an insanely high at the rim finishing percentage. Could we start running more offense for him? Yeah. Could we do you know, like like yes, the the ideal abstracted mathematical mm-hmm. mathematical model of what the best NBA offense is is one that's firing up a ton of threes. Mm-hmm. Um we are proving that no matter how closely you adhere to that, it can be a horrible offense if you don't have the the personnel to do it. Yeah. Now, I, I will say that I, I would need to see – before I said that's a good idea, I would need to see numbers on what our, our um, team does when they shoot two-pointers. <laughs> because, for example – Torian Prince, and I don't have a shot map. I don't know where he's taking these two-point shots. But he aver- he he basically shoots the exact same percentage from two that mm-hmm. he does from three. So to, at least looking at that, it would suggest that just telling him, hey, take what the offense gives you is, like, uh, not going to work any better. But I don't know for other players or if Torian is just shooting at the rim or what. Mm-hmm. I don't know. All right. Well, in any case, it's uh – it's looking pretty bad out there. Yeah. Um, all right. The first round of all-star voting is in. Mm. Fan voting. Hey, is Bill, in. you have are you, on top of this thing. Have you voted? Yes, Bill. And my vote counted twice. <laughs> can I ask who you voted for in the East? Yeah. And can I guess that it didn't include Ben Simmons? It didn't include Ben Simmons, and it was just a shameless... Uh, Nets vote and okay. and I voted even on this on this podcast. I said it's stupid to vote for Kyrie Irving. He hasn't played. Yeah. I voted for Kyrie. Irving. Oh no! Did you vote for Spencer? Yes. <laughs> and Jared Allen. Uh yeah, voted for big for Big J. Not Joe Harris and Dorian, right? I didn't fully vote. Okay. Uh, I, I I just did a net a, a net who I thought could and Jared was the most that I. Strayed from right from conventional reality. wisdom, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. I definitely put um, Spencer and and Jared in mind. Um, but the the fan votes, the first first round of fan votes is in. It only counts for fifty percent in determining who is actually who actually becomes an all star. Twenty five percent is done by the players themselves, and twenty five percent by um, coaches and execs. I don't know. Um, oh no, media. Players, I don't know. I don't. I don't know what the breakdown is. Anyway, uh, right now Kyrie is the number two guard in the East, um, proving that um, this is an idiotic way to <laughs> determine who should be an All Star. I'm glad you participated in that. Uh, <laughs> My idiocy. vote counted twice. <laughs> so Kyrie Irving, a man who's played 11 games and is single-handedly responsible for shattering a once bright <laughs> culture and organization, uh, is the second most revered guard behind uh, second-year point guard Trey Young, who I think is himself, uh, rumors are, are swirling that he is now um, something of a culture killer. Really? Yes. Yeah, so well, let's talk off mic about Well, we can talk now. But well, I'm very curious about that. Yeah, we don't. I think I think um, he is getting frustrated at how bad the Hawks are, mm-hmm. and is very expressive of that frustration in the locker room. Mm. And the Hawks are now sort of 
frantically trying to bring in talent to appease his frustration. Right, like your, our buddy Drummond. Drummond, who, which uh, is the big yeah. rumor. They haven't done yeah. it yet, right? Right. right. Okay. Not to my knowledge. Right, right, right. Um, so Kyrie, a guy who, again, the the only thing he has objectively done is um, torn a vibrant community of Nets fans apart, uh, is the number two guard, and Spencer Dinwiddie is the number ten guard. Yeah. Um, last time we talked a bit about, or maybe two episodes ago, about who other people who might get in as a guard ahead of Spencer were. Um, and I just wanted to go over that in the top ten guys who are legit probably ahead of Spencer, and that would be Trey Young, Kimba Walker, Ben Simmons, Jalen Brown, Kyle Lowry, Bradley Beal. Um, also ranked ahead of him, though I don't think our very strong cases are Derek Rose and Zach Levine. Uh-huh. Um, but even with those other ones uh, ahead, I don't know that it it there is a clear route for Spencer getting into sure, the All-Star. Sure, sure. Um, I feel like, but don't know this, that uh, players are not going to be voting. He's not going to get a strong showing in the players' um, vote. Do the, the players get a vote? Yeah, they get twenty five percent of it. And then I then I think it's yeah I think it's um, coaches. Um, I don't other. know. Because uh, like like last year apparently there was like a, a really strong. Um, uh, vote in the players for a guy like Derek Rose and supposedly there's so they're like established guys who they like you know that people really respect in the league um but I don't know that Spencer has a lot of love uh broadly speaking in the league and uh, quite frankly I don't know that he has a lot of love on his own team <laughs> which is kind of what I want to get to feel anything next. like you do yeah. Do you mind if we go to a little segment I'd like to call Why Spencer is So Annoying? <laughs> sure. I see. It's It's got a, few, a couple bullets there. Yeah, it's got a few bullets. <laughs> so Spencer Dinwiddie could be an all-star, certainly the all-star of the Nets team. Um, it's actually symbolic of why I'm finding this season so agonizing. Um, <laughs> the best player Hands down on this team this season has been Spencer Dinwiddie. Yes. And to me, he is hands down the most frustrating player to have to watch game in uh, and game out. He uh, has never heard a whistle that he does not contest in a very, very dramatic fashion, uh, which is just a, a, a an extremely frustrating trait, especially for a non-superstar um, who might have earned the right to to bitch that much to the refs. Um, so we get to watch this guy who, again, is pretty good at driving to the basket, getting free throws, and has admittedly been quite good in clutch um, situations, but is, I think, overall a fairly frustrating guy to watch. But the thing that I find so annoying about him uh, is, is what I think comes across in this quote from a recent uh, article mm. about the return of Karis LeVert. 
Okay, so Karis LeVert's returning. He's a young, budding, quote-unquote, star. <laughs> uh, there's a lot of people who are very high on Karis. Um, so, uh, one of those people is sitting next to me. <laughs> um, but anyway, you get this guy coming back. Your team is struggling with injuries. And if you, you've, you've got a teammate coming back, this sort of... You know, bland, easy textbook answer to say, like, when asked, hey, excited to have Karis come back? You know, is that going to help the team? Is, yeah, we could really use him. He's super talented, and we've missed him a lot. Mm-hmm. It's not hard. You got, you're got paid tens of millions of dollars. You have people telling you what to say. Right. And Karis is, by all accounts, like a nice guy. Right. He's not like someone you have to, like, grit your teeth and be like, yeah, glad he's coming back. He's not like Dwight Howard or right. something. Right, exactly. He is a, a completely non-controversial guy, which we've talked about a lot on the show. He's just, there's just never been a single thing that has that anyone has said negatively about him. But this is what Spencer says when asked about what he thinks about Karras' return. He never misses an opportunity to fucking dig at one of his teammates. I'm gonna. This is the quote. <laughs> Karras is supposed. To be our second all-star this year, along with Kyrie. He'll be a a huge boost because he's supposed to be our second best player, Dinwiddie said. So... There, there, there are. There's one word repeated twice. Supposed, Karis is supposedly the second best player. Now, this is exactly how Dinwiddie talked about D'Angelo last year, when he was talking about how you know people that came into the league with a high draft, you know, were sort of like allowed to, you know, were supposedly better than other people and therefore got more attention and shine and run and these sorts of things. Now, of course, Dinwiddie thinks. Karis LeVert is not the second best player on this team. He obviously thinks he is the second best player on this team. And so instead of merely saying, well, yeah, we're really excited to get a guy who could be the second all-star and is our second best player or one of our best players, you could just say one of our best players. But he has to say, he has to like make it so obvious to everyone, including Karis, who no doubt has read this goddamn quote or heard this quote, that he is supposed to be, which obviously cast out on whether he actually is that or not. So to me, Bill, let me well so I, I think you're probably right, but let me let me give you the most charitable reading of that that I can I can imagine. Which is he by supposed to be, he means without an injury. So so going into the season, you know, you're expecting him to be an all-star. Oh, he goes down, so he's supposed to be, you know. So so now instead of being our second best player, he's on the bench. Or sorry, he you know, he's not playing. So maybe that's what he meant. And the only reason why I don't doubt that Spencer thinks he's better than Karis Levert. The only reason <laughs> that I would say that there's a chance that that's true is that he Spencer is a smart enough guy to understand that you don't like your reading of it is not a good look even if you believe it it's mm. not a good look and i think spencer i would say he probably knows that so i think that maybe he's using his words sort of they're they're sort of like uh, i don't know like a some version of like a freudian slip or something like that but i don't think he's actually trying to tell brian lewis or whoever the the press scrum 
what that quote actually can I, be read to I say. Mean, I mean, I just think, like, I this happened last season. We had this conversation about that D'Lo quote. And by the end of the season, it was very apparent that those two did not like each other. Um, Spencer has an irrepressible bitterness about where, how he's perceived in the league, being a second-round guy, being, as that article, uh, that long interview <laughs> said, you know, everyone has underestimated him his entire career. And I just think that, that, that I, I agree with you that he is a smart man who's aware of his, of the words that he's using. But I think that there is so, like, it's so built into his character, this sort of resentful, why am I overlooked feeling that it comes across in these quotes and he he can't stop himself from it mm. um that said hopefully he's a, an all-star right yeah it'll be it'll be tough i don't i don't see him on that list yeah it's an it's an uphill uh, uphill struggle um okay so i'm gonna do a quick round is there anything that you'd like to? Yeah, well, just we, have, we haven't actually touched on the fact that Karras is coming back today, barring some sort of something. But sure, he, yeah, he, yeah, he's yeah. expected to come back, uh, and I, you know, you can bet your bottom dollar he'll be on a minutes restriction. And uh, as Nets fans will know, when he's come back previously from injury, which has happened again and again and again. Um, he has not looked great for at least a couple weeks um, yeah. after that, so I don't think we should be expecting a hero to come riding in. Uh, but I, I gotta say, I, th- I maybe maybe I'll eat these words, but uh, I think it'll be nice to see him um, take over the uh, um, Theo Pinson minutes, mm-hmm. um, if at all possible. Please, Kenny, please give him those minutes. That's not a ton of minutes. Just give it, just right. give it to, to Karras, please. So, do you think Karras should start? Not tonight. Yeah. I mean, not if he's going to play ten minutes or whatever. And right. honestly, for as long as Spencer is, sorry, for as long as Kyrie's out, I I think you should stagger the shit out of Karras and Spencer because again, we have one playmaker. If Karras comes back and is decent, we have two. Right. Okay, well, that, that, is, that was going to be one of my rapid-fire mm. questions. Should Karis LeVert start mm. when he gets back? Um, I'm going to hit you with a few others okay. to speak from the gut okay. on all these. Would you, today, rather have Brooke Lopez back at his current contract, four-year, $52 million, or D'Angelo Russell at four years, $117 million? With the Nets constructed as they currently are. With the are. Nets constructed as they are, both of those guys are on, on four-year contracts. What do you think the Nets are more in need of in terms of ex-Nets? Hmm. With Kyrie injured and maybe never coming back <laughs> ever again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean... And how much am I factoring in the salary? Am I just doing this? Yeah, no. Let's not. Not think really. About then, it in then terms I, of the, then, the salary. Cap. Then let me let me play Daryl Morey here and say always take the more talented player. Get D'Angelo Russell on your team. Have your coach figure it out. Get talent on the court. <laughs> no, yeah. I I mean, I don't know. I think I just think it it raises interesting questions about our lineup. 
and our our roster, like we we have so many guards, but as you've been pointing out throughout, we have a single one of them that is a playmaker at all. Um, and then we have this crazy, crazy fucking situation at center where DeAndre Jordan and Jared Allen are, uh, you know, sort of in this inter- internecine war for, <laughs> for like, who's going to get minutes. For Kenny's heart. For Kenny's heart. Kenny, obviously, in my mind, prefers... Um, DeAndre Jordan, and I understand there are things that he does better. He's a bigger guy. He's a he's a, a more efficient rebounder for sure. Um, he's also one of the most painful defenders to watch in the league. Um, and by not playing Jared Allen, you are literally shooting your future in the foot um, because you're not developing him. But uh, and then you know it, it goes back to the the age old why can't we get a four? Um, could Brook Lopez be a four on this team, like a stretch four on a team like this, something like that? But I would I would cringe to see him guard fours. But, oh boy, <laughs> but, that would be bad. But well, here's here's one thing though. But just really quickly, uh, one maybe the only positive that's come over the last four games yeah. is the reemergence of possible four. Uh, Rodion's Kurutz. Rodion Kurutz got the start. Yes. What are we? What are we seeing from Rodi? Well, he. I mean, again, I don't watch these games. I don't have the <laughs> Yes Network. I'm not a hot shot. But, um, but um, from highlights I've seen, he looks like again. I'm just saying highlights here, folks. So, uh, anyway, but he looks like old Rodi. Like he's making cuts the way that he did. He's doing the the thing where like he slashes from the three point line to the rim really quickly. He's um, picking up steals. He's being like a like a kind of a, a ball. Um, you know, he's got the nose for the ball going. He's like seems he had a couple good. steals in the Dallas game. Right? Yeah, yeah. No, I uh, I hope I hope he gets gets back to the inspiring figure of old. Um, should the Nets convert TLC's contract into a full deal? No, I I hate TLC. I I just <laughs> I I do. I like I think he is like watching grass grow. Like I I don't maybe I've read that his defense is good. Mm. I have not really seen any of like if you watched David Nwaba, right? You were like I don't know much about basketball defense or how schemes work, but that guy looks like he's really good at defense. Mm-hmm. Lawawu, like, I, I, I don't know. He seems fine. He seems fine in every way except that he, like, can't really shoot. Right. But he he's just, like, the epitome to me of, like, a, a completely dull thing to, to use your roster on. So, no. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, who are you going to miss more, David Nwaba or Henry Ellison? <laughs> Nwaba, my, my, I, I feel terrible for that guy. Me too. Um, I really, really like Nwaba. Uh, what do you think is going to happen with Justin Anderson? <sighs> um. He never plays, and we don't ever remember him having spent any time whatsoever in this organization. Yeah, maybe, or maybe he'll be a superstar. No, I, yeah, I, I, I think, I, I, I don't know. It's so hard for me to get excited about like a guy like that. But again, anything that gets him gets uh, uh, 
Theo, and I would say Musa. I know Musa had a good shooting game the other day, but I'm still anti-Musa this year. Um, he's a G League player, um, so yeah. All right, final question, and this will transition to your thematic oh, great. Uh, category. Okay. How close are we to outright war with Iran? <laughs> Thanks, Bill. Thanks for the cue. Yeah, no problem. So I think that we are incredibly, incredibly close. Yeah. And um, I just – I get very upset with people, even people that I'm quite close with, about this sort of like tribalistic loyalties mm-hmm. and, and the idea that all of a sudden – Policy positions and uh, and and uh, principles just get morphed around, mm-hmm. and that's on the on the democratic side. Um, I, you are definitely seeing a great deal of that oh, yeah. uh, with Republicans now, and of course, Democrats are doing nothing. They are, for the most part, uh, the leadership is doing nothing. They're saying, you know, like ask us for permission first. Of course, we're you know, it's a complicated issue, but you gotta <laughs> come to us first, which is just who. Why if that? Why is that the distinction you're going to make between you and this other horrible party that you, that you need that they need a permission slip from you before they go do something? That's that's how you want to portray your party. Anyway, sorry, that's my whole thing. But yes, very close. I don't. I would say I would guess it's more likely than not that we end up in some sort of broader war with Iran. What right. I mean, it's. I mean, it's. 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 it's Difficult to talk about these things as if we're not already engaged in a number of proxy right. wars with sure. Iran. Right. I mean, we have we are actively militarily engaged in like nine countries in the world right now. I mean, conservatively nine countries. And many of those um, are uh, Sort of proxy wars against Iran, um, who we of course uh, abhor and think are the, uh, you know, this evil regime. Um, when they're not, a, they're certainly not a, a good regime. But I don't know <laughs> that, that anything the U.S. has done um, in right. the Middle East would suggest that we are the guys who are going to make everything all right in the region. Right. Um, and it's just so schizophrenic in that region, too, because um, so many of the people that in, – in different countries, the people that Iran supports are intermittently people that we support or right. not. Um, so and and fight just, against, like, say, uh, ISIS. Right. Remember exactly. ISIS? Because the, right. the, the Iran and the uh, militia leader – uh, that we just uh, drone struck to death uh, were the leading boots on the ground um, fighting ISIS. Now you can certainly argue, and I would, that they their um, level of extreme, like you know, Shia Uber ales, like you know, uh, and the way that they they took out ISIS and basically like also uh, destroyed a lot of civilians and made it clear that they are not. You know, they're not like liberating people. They're mm-hmm. going after ISIS and anyone who um, doesn't want a quite strong presence of, of uh, Iran in their country. But anyway, <laughs> sorry, sorry. But but uh, but still, um, they were instrumental in fighting ISIS. Yep. And uh, this leads us, Simon, to your mm. segment. Yes. 
comparing Nets <laughs> to famous warhawks, <laughs> and I would say current warhawks. Right? Just, just uh, yeah, for... yeah, yeah. We're not gonna. We're not going to. Um, you know. Drudge up the Monroe Doctrine right. or some, you know, thank, thank figures you. <laughs> from the figures from the past right. to uh, impose U.S. imperial will right. on the world. We are going to focus on, uh, uh, you are going to focus on <laughs> more contemporary examples. I would imagine. Yes. So first, um, the first one. I think you're going to like this one, Bill. Um, John Bolton is. Uh, Kenny Atkinson, because he is a devout, as you just discussed, a devout um, uh, ideologue Mm -hmm. who, regardless of what happens in reality, will Mm. nevertheless stick to his, his, like, hawkish... Uh, his hawkish beliefs. Like, there's nothing that could ever happen to John Bolton that would make him not want to wage war against every country in the entire United, <laughs> the entire <laughs> world. Right. Um, particularly the Middle East, particularly Iran. Right. But yes, almost right. anywhere that you yeah. could conceivably pinpoint another country, he yeah. is happy to um, wage brutal, unrelenting <laughs> nuclear war. Right. Right. Uh, and Kenny is a system uh, zealot. Okay, uh, yes. So, yes. so shoot that's threes, fine. even if no one on your team can shoot a three. Yes, and, and the rotations and all of it, he's a rigid guy. Um, so, that next is um, Chuck Schumer is Jared Allen. Uh, and I say that because Chuck Schumer's response to all of this, as I have said, is like, oh, you need permission. Oh, excuse me. Not very wise, necessarily. Um, and that is how Jared Allen acts. He is a big wussy. Uh, I sent you that clip of him getting decked by uh, Kleber. Yes. Like, he, Maxi Kleber. Maxi Kleber just completely levels him. And, um, you know, everyone gets leveled from time to time, but... Um, is Jared Allen ever going to level someone? Because I would literally pay, I would pay for a seat to see that at a block game. <laughs> um, and uh, finally, Bill, and I just want to make this a very limited, limited comparison. Uh, Torian Prince is Donald Trump, and that is because Ooh, wow. that is because people, a lot of people voted for. <laughs> for if, if anyone is still listening, they are not happy. <laughs> Because people voted, many people voted for Donald Trump uh, in part because he said he was a you know uh, a non-interventionist. He thought these endless wars were um, you know totally uh, you know destroyed our country, et cetera, et cetera, which is totally true. Um, and now he is charging headfirst. He's doing absolutely everything he possibly can to start a war that could would would probably be worse than the war in Iraq. Could be several times worse than the war in Iraq. Mm-hmm. Um, Torian Prince, unlike any of those terrible things, didn't right. do that. Whoa! But he did. <laughs> he did shoot poorly one night. He he <laughs> one night. Um, 
he was, I think, Nets Nation was so thirsty for, especially a stretch four, but, you know, was so excited for Torian Prince. Like, oh, my God, yeah, that, that Hawks trade, here's here's a big piece of it. Torian Prince, he's going to be incredible. He's an amazing player. He's going to shoot the threes. He's going to stretch the defense. He's going to make the offense so much better. And he's a defensive stopper. He's an incredible defensive stopper. He's all these things. He has been none of those things. He has been terrible in every facet of the game. Oh, that's uh, a bit much. He is. I mean, what, 6.7 rebounds? That's the most you can say is for that, the guy. Is that all he's at now? Yeah, 6.7, which is better than he's averaged. Um, but as at a power forward spot, it's tough to I tough mean, to really get too excited. Out of position. Yeah, which should make him better at offense. There's no excuse for shooting whatever he's shooting now. Uh, 30, 36.9%, 37% from the field. Oh my god, that that's is horrible. That's he terrible. is a horrible player right now. Again, and you're you're seeing all the signs that he he is not what Nets Nation voted for. Okay. Again, I know Torian Prince hates Donald Trump. I hate Donald Trump. He is not Donald Trump. This is a, a just a, a mere a, a tortured set. tortured comparison. <laughs> yes. But a worthwhile one and one that you can trust maybe next time <laughs> <laughs> to come up with. All right. Well, you know, we, occasionally we do like to interject a little politics. We might have uh, gone a little too far. <laughs> We'll see. Let's let's take a look at what the listens are. Yeah, we will. Uh, we'll share it on uh, no press you know, is bad. Jacobin's website or something. <laughs> uh, see if they're not. If there aren't some Nets fans out there. Um, okay, so upcoming schedule, and mm-hmm. then we will let you all go. Yeah. Uh, tonight we're playing the Raptors. Monday we've got a, a four games next week, so we've got. A back-to-back on Monday against the Magic, obviously a huge game because could determine who is in seventh place. Um, Tuesday against Oklahoma City, who is uh, ascendant. Uh, Friday against the formidable Miami Heat. And Sunday against the loathsome Hawks. Mm Mm-hmm. Who almost beat us, but uh, can pretty much not beat anyone. So <laughs> we have one softball, the Hawks, which is certainly not a softball for the Nets as currently constructed. We have a massive game against the Magic, and then we have two trickier ones against OKC and the Raptors. Simon, last time we spoke... I predicted we would get three of the four victories. Um, so far, we're zero and three in that in that stretch. So I feel my prognostications have been completely invalidated. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are we going to do this week? This week, um, I think we are going to go one and three. Who's the one? The Hawks. I think. I honestly think we might. Yeah, I think I think it'll be the Hawks. Sure. I, um, yeah. So the magic. This the thing that's worrisome about the magic. Um, other than I think uh, the people that they have playing for them are more talented than us. Mm-hmm. Um, is that they have a really good defense. Yeah, though Jonathan Isaac's is down. Oh, that's uh, too bad for him. But that's fantastic news. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, I mean, we, our offense is so bad right now, I don't see how we're going to be scoring much against them. 
Um, which is c- concerning. The Raptors are also massively depleted. Um, and OKC isn't, you know, they're not... Right. A, a, a win there would not surprise people, I don't think, too No, much. I don't think so either. So, I mean, they, they, I think the Heat probably, you can confidently check that off as a... As an L, mm, not me, Bill. I I I I continue to be a, a hate doubter, a heat doubter. Really? Well, we almost beat them. We beat we we. It, it took a a huge colla- a nine point collapse with like a minute and a half or two minutes right. to play to, to lose to them last time, even without Kyrie and Karras. Right. We were kind of soaring. Oh, we were playing way though. better. Yeah, yes, yeah, but. yeah. We have regressed to some other place at this point. Um, anyway, we've got some interesting, important, you know, season-defining games this week. Four of them. We'll be at three of them, which uh-huh. is um, quite a lot for one week. But uh, I look forward to it. Simon, anything else you want to say about what's happening with the Nets before we sign off here? No. Okay. Where... Uh, uh, last time we... We're hoping people would have a really great New Year's. Yes. Uh, now we're in 2020. Mm-hmm. Uh, hope you had a great New Year's. Yes. Where in 2020 might people check us out? You've got to check us out at Maybe Nets Time on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and please send us your comments, questions, thoughts to Maybe Nets Time. At gmail.com, and please rate, review us, find us, subscribe us um, where you get your podcasts, including Apple Podcasts, your Stitchers, your Spotify's, uh, Player FM's, pretty much wherever you get your um, your podcasts. <laughs> I think. I think so too. <laughs> um, all right. Well, it has been a pleasure yeah. uh, catching up. About the Nets with you. Uh, I'm looking forward to this game. Hopefully our buddy Seth comes as well. <coughs> um, anyone on the Raptors you're particularly excited to see? Not who's playing. I mean... You don't like a... You're not a Van Vliet head? I would love to get Van Vliet on the team, but I'm not exactly jonesing for a, a Van Vliet uh, Rondé show. will get a little more run this time than the last time, probably. Yeah. OG and Anubi. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah. Not a lot. Not a lot to sink one's teeth into. Um, but we'll be there. Apparently there's going to be an ESPN person in our section taking pictures. Taking you pictures? see that email? Who, I is, did who see do you that. think that's going to be? Um, well, Malika Andrews is the reporter, but I don't know if they make her take the photos uh-huh. or if it's going to be an actual like photographer. Maybe she is a photographer. I don't know. But right, right, her right. job is not to be a photographer. Okay. So they're taking pictures of the block to yes. write about on ESPN? I assume so. Wow. Oh, boy. We're going to be harangued more than usual tonight for <laughs> standing in the right spot. Yeah, that guy's our, our minder is going to be on edge. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, anyway, this has been great. Uh, and we will go ahead and uh, see you next time. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like Pina Colada